Mr. Dooley. In a certain city lived a merchant named Ocean. His son picked up a book at a sale for a hundred rupees. In this book was the line, What's duly his, a man receives. Now Ocean saw it and asked his son, My boy, what did you give for this book? A hundred rupees, said the son. Simpleton, said Ocean. If you pay a hundred rupees for a book with one line of poetry written in it, how do you calculate to make money? From this day you are not at home in my house. After this wigging, he showed him the door. This melancholy rebuff drove the young man to another country far away, where he came to a city and stopped there. After some days, a native asked him, Whence are you, sir? What might your name be? And he replied, What's duly his a man received? To a second inquirer, he gave the same reply. Then on all who questioned him, he bestowed his stereotyped answer. This is how he came by his nickname of Mr. Dooley. Now a princess named Moonlight, who was in the first flush of youth and beauty, stood one day with a girlfriend, looking out over the city. At that spot, a prince, extraordinarily handsome and charming, chanced to come. It was fate's doing within her range of vision. The moment she saw him, she was smitten by the arrows of love and said to her friend, Dear girl, you must make an effort to bring us together this very day. So the friend went straight to him and said, Moonlight sent me to you. She sends you this message. The sight of you has reduced me to a last extremity of love. If you do not hasten to me, I shall die, nothing less. On hearing this, he said, If I cannot avoid the trip, please tell me how to get into the house. And the friend said, When the night comes, you must climb up a stout strap that will be hanging from an upper story of the palace. And he replied, If you have it all settled, I will do my part. With this understanding, the girl returned to moonlight. But when night came, the prince thought it over. A Brahman slayer, so they say, is he who tries to house with teacher's child or wife or friend or royal servant's spouse. And again, a deed that brings dishonor whereby a man must fall, that causes disadvantage, don't do it, that is all. So after full reflection, he did not go to her. But Mr. Dooley was roaming through the night and spied a strap hanging down the wall of a fine stucco house. Out of curiosity, mingled with bravado, he took hold and climbed. Now the princess, being perfectly confident that he was the right man, treated him with high consideration, giving him a bath, a meal, a drink, fine garments and the like. Then she went to bed with him and her limbs thrilled with joy at touching him. But she said, I fell in love with you at first sight, and have given you my person. I shall never have another husband, even mentally. Why don't you realize this and talk to me? And he replied, What's duly his, a man receives. When she heard this, her heart stopped beating, and she sent him down the strap in a hurry. 
So he made for a tumble-down temple and went to sleep. Presently a policeman who had appointment with a woman of easy virtue arrived there and found him asleep. As the policeman wished to hush the matter up, he said, Who are you? And the other answered, What's duly his, a man receives. When he heard this, the policeman said, This temple is deserted. Go and sleep in my bed. And he agreed but made a blunder lying down in the wrong bed. In that bed lay the policeman's daughter, a big girl named Naughty, beautiful and young. She had made a date with a man she loved and, and when she saw Mr. Dewey, she thought, he's, Here is my sweetheart. So her blunder due to the pitchy darkness of the night, she rose, gave herself in marriage by the ceremony used in heaven, then lay with him in bed, her lotus eyes and lily face a blossom. But she said, Even yet you do not talk nicely with me, why not? And he replied, What's duly his a man receives. On hearing this, she thought, This is what one gets for being careless. So she gave him a sorrowful scolding and sent him packing. As he walked along a business street, there approached a bridegroom named Fine Fame. He came from another district and marched with a great wanging of tom-toms. So Mr. Dewley joined the procession. Since the happy moment was near at hand, the bride, a merchant's daughter, was standing at the door of her father's house near the highway. She stood on a raised step under an awning provided for the occasion and displayed her wedding finery. At this moment an elephant reached the spot, running amok. He had killed his driver and had got beyond control, and the crowd was in a hubbub. Everyone scared out of his wits when the bridegroom's parade caught a glimpse of him they ran, and the bridegroom too, and started for the horizon. In this crisis Mr. Dewley perceived the girl all alone, her eyes dancing with terror and with the words, Don't worry, I will save you, manfully reassured her, put his right arm around her with enormous sang-froid, gave the elephant a cruel scolding, and the elephant it was fate's doing actually went away. Presently, fine fame appeared with friends and relatives too late for the wedding, for another man was holding his bride's hand. At the sight of his rival, he said, Come, father-in-law, this is hardly respectable. You promised your daughter to me, then gave her to another man. Sir, said father-in-law, I was frightened by the elephant, and I ran too. I came back with you, gentlemen, and do not know what has been going on. Then he turned and questioned his daughter. My darling girl, what you have been doing is scarcely the thing. Tell me what this business means. And she replied, This man saved me from deadly peril. So long as I live, no man but him shall hold my hand. When the story got abroad, dawn had come, and as a great crowd gathered in the early morning, the princess heard the story of events and came to the spot. The policeman's daughter also, hearing what passed from lip to lip, visited the palace, and the king in turn learning of the gathering of great crowd, arrived in person and said to Mr. Dewey, Speak without apprehension. 
What sort of business is this? And Mr. Dooley said, What's Dooley his? A man receives. Then the princess remembered and she said, This law not even God can break. Then the policeman's daughter said, My heart is not surprised nor grieved. And hearing all this, the merchant's daughter said, For what is mine, no strangers stay. Then the king promised immunity to one and all, arrived at the truth by piecing the narratives together, and ended by respectfully giving Mr. Dooley his own daughter, together with a thousand villages. Then he bethought himself that he had no son, so anointed Mr. Dooley, crown prince, and the crown prince, together with his family, lived happily, for the means of enjoyment were provided in great variety. And that is why I say what's duly his a man receives, and the rest of it. And gold continued. After these reflections, I recovered from my money madness. For there is much wisdom in this. Not rank, but character is birth. It's not eyes, but wits that see. True learning it is to cease from wrong. Contentment is prosperity. And again, yes, all prosperities are his whose heart is filled with mirth. The feet in feather sandals shod travel a leather earth. A hundred leagues is not to him whose vehicle is greed. To clasp the wealth that fingers touch contentment has no need. Since Vishnu, universal lord, through thee a dwarf was made. O manhood solvent, greed divine, to thee be homage paid. No feet is hard for thee, O greed. Dishonors wedded dame, who for the men of kindest heart prepareth draughts of shame. What man should never bear, I bore. I spoke and speaking light. I waited at stranger's door, O greed be satisfied. And again, I have drunk foul water, slept forlorn on gathered bits of broken thorn. I have lost my love, I beg for alms. Enduring heart and belly qualms. I've crossed the sea, I've walked afar, I've treasured half a shattered jar. Of further labors is there need, quick damn you, give your orders greed. No poor man's evidence is heard, through logic it word to word, while wealthy babble passes muster, though crammed with harshness, wise and bluster. The wealthy, though of meanest birth, are much respected on the earth. The poor, whose lineage is prized, like clearest moonlight, are despised. The wealthy are, however, old, rejuvenated by their gold. If money has departed, then the youngest lads are aged men. Since brother, son, and wife, and friend desert when cash is at an end, returning when the cash rolls in, it is cash that is our next of kin. At the moment when such thoughts in my mind, I went to my quarters. Our friend Swift came to me and suggested a journey hither. So here I am, I have come with him to visit you. Thus I have related to you the cause of my gloom. Well, there is this to be said. The world, gods, elephants, men, dear devils, snakes, before the noonday hour is spent, its dinner takes. When hour and appetite arrive, there should suffice for worldwide conqueror or slave a bowl of rice. For this, what man of sense would do, base deeds perverse, 
whose consequence dragged him down from bad to worse. When he had listened to this, Lowe began to offer consolation. My dear fellow, said he, you must not lose heart at leaving your country. Intelligent as you are, why feel disturbed without occasion? Consider the saying, the merely learned is a fool, the wise man uses action's tool, for no remembered drug can cure, the sick by name alone it is sure. To brave and wise what land is strange or native, whatsoever change, befall he makes the land his own, by strength of valiant arm alone, the lion's whim is jungle law, by strength of tooth and tail and claw, he slaughters elephants for food and slakes his servant thirst with blood. Therefore, my dear fellow, we must always be energetic. Where will money feel at home or pleasures? You know the saying, as frogs will find a drinking hole or birds a brimming lake, so friends and money seek a man whose vigor does not break. For another point of view, the goddess fortune seeks as home the brave and friendly man the grateful righteous soul who does each moment what he can, who regulates a sturdy life upon an active plan. Or put it this way, the brave, wise, hopeful and persistent, from tricks, freaks, meanness equidistant. If such there be and fortune flee, the joke of fortune falls insistent. While on the other hand, if man be fatalist and slacker, irresolute and sang lacquer, his fortune as bouncing miss, her aged lover hates to kiss. Abysmal learning does not aid to virtue those who are afraid, as man with lamps no sooner find lost objects if those men are blind. The prince becomes a beggar by weaker slayers slain. The beggar ceases begging when fate revolves again. Nor must you, in view of aphorism, since teeth and nails and men and hair, if out of place are ugly there, draw the coward's conclusion. Let no man leave his native place, for to competent there is no distinction between native and foreign land. You must have heard the saying, brave, learned, fair, whenever they roam without delay, are quite at home. Brave, learned, fair, whenever they roam without delay, are quite at home. The shrewdly valiant on the earth will always master money's worth, not those of godlike scholarship, it is certain, if they lose their grip. Today, no doubt, your purse is light for all that you are not in the position of the commonplace fellow, for you have sense and vigor, and the proverb says, let sturdy resolution guide, and poor men touch the peak of pride. Let money fold in its embrace, the mean they sink to lowly place. The lion's majesty derives from nature rich because he strives to crown his feats with nobler feats, what golden-collared dog competes. And again, some men compacted of self-rigor, with valor, enterprise, and vigor, indifferently view the muddle of ocean and the petty puddle, as at some wretched anthill frown at Himalaya's highest crown. To these not those who wait and see come fortune tripping eagerly, 
and once more mount meru is not very high hell is not very low the sea not shoreless if a man abounding vigor show for after all why wealthy puff with pride why poor in gloom subside since like a stricken ball men's fortune rise and fall in any case remember that youth and wealth are unstable as water bubbles as the saying goes with shadows of the passing cloud new grain and navish friends with women's love and youth and wealth enjoyment quickly ends this being so if an intelligent man catches slippery money let him make it fruitful by giving it away or enjoying it as the proverb tells us the coin that cost a hundred toils that men are wont to cherish beyond their life will it be not given to others perish and again bestow or use your wealth for pleasure if not you hoard another's treasure as in your home your lovely girl awaits a stranger his dear pearl and once again the miser for another hoards his bags of needless money the bees laboriously pack but other taste the honey in any event fate has the last word as the proverb puts it in weapon bristling battle or at home in flaming fire wild cave or monstrous sea among thanatophidian fangs late the to be is is not the not to be now you're healthy and enjoy peace of mind this is supreme possession as the saying goes the lord of seven continents beset by crawling greed is but a beggar he who lives content is rich indeed besides on this earth no treasure equals charity content is perfect wealth no gem compares with character no wish fulfilled with health nor must you think how can i survive having lost my possessions for money passes away man's character abides this is a proverb to fit the cause the noble man indeed may fall to earth like an elastic ball the coward who drops is down to stay is flattened like a ball of clay but why bore you here is the nub of duty certain men are born to enjoy the pleasures that money brings certain others are born money guardians there is a verse about it your wealth will flee if fate decree though it was fairly earned so silly soft when perched aloft in that great forest learn how was that asked gold and slow told the story of soft the weaver